0: Welcome to Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell, bringing you the latest information for families seeking to adopt, adoptees, and women considering placing a child for adoption. Now, with today's program, here is Marty Caldwell.
1: Hi, it's Marty Caldwell. It's a pleasure to be with you today with our show, Let's Talk Adoption. And each week, we'll be discussing topics of adoption, infertility, parenting, and the whole adoption process. And our guests and authors um, are coming on the show, our adoption experts, adoptive parents, birth parents, adoptees, and others that are touched by adoption. Let's Talk Adoption is a weekly radio program that can be heard worldwide on Let's Talk Adoption.com and KFIA um, 710 AM in the Sacramento area. Um, if you'd like to participate, please send us your questions at info at Let's Talk Adoption.com or visit our site, Let's Talk Adoption.com. You'll find information there about our programs, additional programs, and a free newsletter, also adoption resources for you. I want to share with you a couple weeks ago we had an uh, interview with Christine Mason, a um, adoption coordinator with Lifetime Adoption. And at the time we gave a um, tribute to her son, John Lucente, uh, that was serving in the military. And uh, God works in very mysterious ways, as many of you know. And uh, during that airing when we actually taped the program, um, Christine had decided at the last minute to come in and be my guest, and, uh, and there was a reason why. Uh, as we were recording that program, uh, two Marines were showing up at her front door to let her know that her son John had died the day before, and um, God did not want her there in that house um, with her little baby um, to get that news alone without her husband. And so she was here airing that show about how to get through the holidays, um, and she had mentioned during the break, gee, this is the first year I'll be without my son, thinking he was serving and he'd be back uh, not knowing that he had uh, died. So we want to keep uh, the Mason family in prayer and uh, Christine and just want to share how God has, you know, works in mysterious ways. And when that happens in our own lives, we have to realize that things happen for a reason too. So... I just want to share that with my uh, listeners. Listen, this week we've got a great show lined up for you. We are speaking with Mr. James Handy. He's an attorney in the Folsom uh, area, Sacramento area. Uh, He's an adoption attorney, adopted father, and uh, he's agreed to be our guest today on the show. We're going to discuss the legal aspects of birth fathers in adoption and a lot of the legal questions we've been receiving and about birth fathers we'll discuss today. Welcome to the show, Jim.
0: Thank you, Marty. It's a pleasure to be here.
1: Well, we always enjoy having you on. We've had you before and you've always been informative and uh, you're just great about answering these tough questions. And I want to get right into the questions we have regarding birth fathers. And one of them, I know that people are asking about, are there different types of birth fathers? Um, what type of birth fathers are there?
0: Well, Marty, there are there are really two types. One is a, a legal father and uh, the questions and the uh, Process is different dealing with the legal father, which we also call a presumed father, um, along with the other type of father, which we call an alleged. And Mm -hmm. the presumed father, which gives him a legal status, is uh, a child conceived during a marriage or born within three hundred days of a legal separation, annulment, or divorce. That's when we have a legal father, Mm -hmm. and then uh, everybody else falls into the second category, an alleged father who really does not have any legal rights until or unless he's able to prove them up in court. There's one way to move somebody from an alleged to a presumed, and that is by signing a voluntary declaration of paternity in the hospital.
1: Can they do paternity tests also?
0: You can do a paternity test. If it's court-ordered, that does not um, elevate the alleged to a presumed. Mm -hmm. But if you uh, go out on your own and do a paternity test, then there is... Uh, some indication by some case law that you have uh, elevated the alleged to a presumed.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you know, a lot of people have sending questions, and I know that um, one of the questions we get often is um, from people is can you terminate the rights of a birth father before the baby is born? And we're talking about domestic adoption here.
0: Well, as you know, Marty, uh, I practice uh, primarily in, in California. Uh, all states have. Have slight variations of of, of the termination proceedings, um, but what I, but California's laws are, are are pretty much standard throughout the throughout the United States. You cannot terminate a an alleged father or presumed father's rights prior to birth. Mm-hmm. Now, that does not mean you cannot have them sign a consent or a waiver of their parental rights, that can be done before birth. And
1: many, many, many men like that because they, they don't want to be stuck with 18 years of, you know, child support if they're not interested in raising this child. They want that part out of the way, and it gives peace to the adoptive parents. The birth mother, uh, you know, sighs some relief on that because she does not want to worry about whether or not he's going to sign. Is that correct?
0: That That's, that's true, and, and we always try... To find out from the the placing parent, the birth mother, just what the status is of the father, if he's going to be uh, participating, and if he's not participating, if he will just go ahead and sign some uh, official, you know, official legal mm-hmm. documents prior to um, just to, to just to allow the process to proceed and to reduce the stress on everybody concerned.
1: Right, and that can be hard too. Another question we have is: what if um, there are two or three possible birth fathers? You know, a uh, uh, um, a woman does not. Particularly know who the birth father the birth father is. What what happens briefly in that?
0: Well, we have to terminate the parental rights of all possible fathers, presumed and alleged, mm-hmm. and and so when some when somebody is not sure who it is, mm-hmm. uh, whether it could be two, three, or possibly more. But she knows the men, names. Yeah, it's then then not we, an unknown. Huh? Right. Then what we have to do is we have to terminate each and every one of them, mm-hmm. either voluntarily by having them either sign a consent or sign a waiver of their rights or uh, involuntarily by uh, court
1: action. Mm-hmm. So uh, so that's how that has happened. Now, what happens, like we mentioned, uh, if the father is unknown? I mean, she, uh, uh, you know, unfortunately women make some poor mistakes at times, and we have seen this where maybe the father is unknown and— um, uh, she is not sure what his name is or where he is located, um, and hopefully she's telling the truth. What happens if the father is truly unknown?
0: Well, we still have to terminate, again, all possible fathers, and that inc- that includes an unknown father. So there is a legal process by which we uh, go into court to terminate any and all unknown fathers. You know,
1: and I think, remember seeing this years ago, we used to publish in a small newspaper saying, you know, uh, you know. Blonde gentleman <laughs> by J.T. Mm-hmm. That's you know it's uh it is, um uh, such and such a you know location on such and such a date uh, that had uh, relationships with this woman. Are they still doing it that way?
0: Some states do require publication in the last known uh, area. Um, California does not require that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we do is is based upon. Um, a declaration from the birth mother signed under penalty of perjury with that we then uh, obtain an order from court Mm -hmm. many of the states are that way there are a few that will require an actual publication uh, um, asking for or a notice of an adoption proceeding uh, giving stating the name of the child and stating Mm -hmm. the name of the mother and the date of birth now the adoptive Mm -hmm. parent information is not, in all these proceedings and termination the mm-hmm. adoptive parent information is not to be found. That is confidential. It's not in any of the court documents mm-hmm. that are filed for the termination.
1: Yeah, that's good, too, for families, too, that are worried about that. You know, we do see women that are married to someone else and that um, have not formally divorced their previous husband um, and the, the father uh, of the baby is not, you know, their husband. What happens in that type of situation where she's actually legally married to somebody else, but she hasn't been with him, and she never got a divorce, but she's got a father of this baby that's not married to her?
0: Unfortunately, we, we see these, this situation arise too many times. It's, it's, it sometimes amazes me when somebody um, thinks that they have obtained a divorce and then actually the divorce has never actually, uh, finalized. hasn't been finalized. Mm-hmm. And so it, it kind of surprises me, but it does occur. Mm-hmm. In that situation, what we do have is we have a presumed father, a legal father. She's still, uh, there's still a valid marriage out mm-hmm. there, even though she may not have even seen him for, for years and years. Mm-hmm. We do have to terminate his rights, mm-hmm. either by him signing a waiver or a consent, so that would be a voluntary termination or involuntary, mm-hmm. where we would have to terminate his rights based upon abandonment. Mm-hmm. And then we would turn turn to the biological father, who is the alleged father, mm-hmm. and then we would terminate his rights, again, either voluntarily by him signing consent
1: mm-hmm.
0: or a waiver or... Involuntarily through a court action,
1: you know Jim, this is everything bringing this up because there 's a lot, a lot of legalese and i 'm sure it 's confusing to some people hearing this. I, I totally advocate someone working with a professional adoption attorney i say professional that really is not practicing um, probate law you know and that really understands adoption and not. And not uh, necessarily a family practice attorney that doesn't do the majority of their adoption their work and adoption and I think that's really important because I see more and more cases coming across our desk that have problems uh, because people are uh, going to attorneys that say well I can do that when they're really if this is this is this can be complicated don't you agree
0: well very much so it's it's I guess a, a, an analogy is is, is you have uh, hurt your hurt your knee playing. Football or some type of mm-hmm. sports, and you go in to see your family doctor, and mm-hmm. he's not going to tr- go out and and, and diagnose or and mm-hmm. treat and do the operation. He's going to send you to a specialist. Mm-hmm. Adoption is a specialty area, right? And you need to deal with a specialist, not a general practitioner, mm-hmm. for this for this very uh, uh, complicated and intricate. Uh, type of proceeding. Mm
1: -hmm. I think it can cost you more money if you don't do it properly and in a future show we'll be talking about how to actually select an adoption professional, what to look for, questions to ask and we'll be offering uh, information on that so uh, do stay tuned for that uh, at a future show. Jim another question here is um, you know uh, what if the birth father says no he won't sign Uh, what happens? We have a, a woman that sent that in. What happens then?
0: Well again it depends on what the category is. If he's a presumed father and then the only basis that we're going to have to really uh, to terminate his parental rights is ab- is, is on abandonment. Mm-hmm. and abandonment, it has to be six months, mm-hmm. um, and there has to be no contact and no financial support. So when we have a situation like that, we really have to look at it, and there are occasions um, that we just unfortunately have to, tell, have to tell the birth mother that we cannot do this mm-hmm. because... Um, uh, the court will block it because of the, the presumed father will stop it now in terms of the presumed uh, excuse me the alleged father that's that's definitely not something out of the And realm. you say presumed
1: if she's married to him and he won't sign right it. right a so the legal yeah. father but if this is a boyfriend a uh, casual acquaintance with just happened even in the Christian arena you know unfortunately um, you're talking about that one's a little bit easier to do than a married couple
0: yes it's much easier when we have an alleged father terminate his rights there are certain things that he has to do he has to show that basically he was an expectant father and he did everything necessary
1: we're going to take a quick break here when we come back we're going to go ahead and continue on birth father rights with jim handy
2: be right back all children deserve a home and lifetime adoption wants to help those children find a home If you're starting to explore adoption, Lifetime can help you learn more and find the resources you need. Lifetime has been committed to supporting birth families and helping children for nearly 20 years. They offer guidance and encouragement during and after your pregnancy. At Lifetime, open adoption means you make the choices. Choose the adoptive family. Choose how much contact you want. And choose how you want the adoption to happen. The choice is up to you. Lifetime is known for their caring and genuine concern for the birth mother's well-being before and after adoption. They're able to provide adoption services to prospective adoptive families and birth parents from all over the nation. And Lifetime provides you with a 24-hour hotline for support and guidance. To find out more information, visit lifetimeadoption.com. Give the gift of your home to a deserving child. Call 800-923-6784.
1: back to Let's Talk Adoption on AM 710 KFIA. I'm your host, Marty Caldwell, and if you just joined us, we are talking today about birth fathers, the legal aspects of birth fathers and adoption, and we're answering a lot of questions from people that have uh, emailed questions into us. So our guest today is um, Attorney James Handy, Jim Handy. Um, He has a practice here in the Sacramento Folsom area. Um, his uh, website is littleangeladoptions with an S on the end, dot com, And so do visit his site if you're interested in speaking to him. His uh, phone number is 916-941-8120 or you can email us at info at com. We'll send you information regarding that. And if you have any legal questions, uh, Mr. Handy, you've been really wonderful about answering questions for people at no charge. And that's really nice. Uh, you've got a great staff over there and we really appreciate it too. You know, before the break, we were talking um, about uh birth fathers um you know presumed and alleged and and it can be complicated and how it's important to use a you know good adoption attorney that understands the adoption law in your state what if a birth mother doesn't want to say who the father is or lies about um you know who the father is what i know we've had seen cases in the media with this and you know uh, it doesn't happen too often but what happens in that situation
0: well, first of all, it's, it's it's unfortunate. We try and you know we talk to the birth mother. And we try and and let her know that it is confidential and and that we can help protect her, and we try to to redirect her as to why she's doing this in the first place, and that is uh, what's in the best interest for this child. Mm-hmm. And we need to let her know that uh, what's in the best interest is not just only placing, but giving us the right information, the right mm-hmm. medical information, right. and also who the p- possible fathers are mm-hmm. so, we c- so we can take care of that because mm-hmm. we don't want an, an adoption to unravel. Now, um, in a situation we, we, we have in California, uh, a father has two years. So if, if she has lied and he finds out and it's after two years... He can't come back, mm-hmm. and that's in the state of California. Mm-hmm. I can't talk about that in any about any other state, uh, but in California, uh, it, it it can't uh, he, he can't, can't go back. And the laws are
1: changing college. all the time in all the states. So it's really important that you stay on top of those two with you know good uh, practicing attorney. Tell me, um, if a child's older, how is that handled? You know, we're seeing a lot of grandparents right now raising their grandchildren, and and the new trend is. Um, that, you know, when you're in your 60s and 70s, you don't want to be going to soccer games every every week or three times a week, um, and that they are tending to lean toward adoption, open adoption, where they can select the family, still remain grandparents. But what happens in that situation when you've got uh, an older child and then, you know, uh, the grandparents are raising them?
0: Well, you know, th- we are having more and more of these types of adoptions, and and these adoptions are actually wonderful because adoption is about... Um, an extended family. And, and, and these, uh, the grandparents, which I am one, um, able to stay involved in their grandchild's life without mm-hmm. having the financial burden and uh, other types of burden of, of raising a child. Mm-hmm. But we, they are not the parents. Mm-hmm. Even if they are the legal guardians, they don't, they don't have the right to place a child with somebody else Mm -hmm. unless the parental rights have been terminated already and uh, we have to go back to the biological parents and get them to either consent or or involuntarily terminate their parental Mm -hmm. rights.
1: Right. And then there's ways of doing that too. So people shouldn't be fearful if they have a situation that they know in the best interest of the child would be to be in a and a home that really wants a child to care for and that they medically maybe can't um, care for this child anymore. It's sure better than having the child end up in foster care or bounce from home to home uh, within the family.
0: Well, and it's also, and it's not that the, the, the grandparents um, don't want to raise the child. Mm-hmm. It's just it's the burden. They've done it already, and the burden can be significant in, in many ways. And they also see that uh, a younger family, Uh, with or without children have have much more that they can offer active yeah and that are active and participate in whether it's school activities or sports or anything else so um it we're seeing this more and more it's just a matter of finding out what the you know the situation is with the biological parents and if we can have one of them as the placing parent then then uh, uh that 's the way to go,
1: and that would be the best uh, in many situations too what if the uh, the man's in jail? What happens if you 've got a birth father in jail
0: we 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 serve him or we attempt to get his signature on a consent or a waiver in jail it's it's no different than I mean right now that 's his residence, just mm-hmm. as if he was right. living in beverly hills
1: mm-hmm. so that's that 's an easy way to do it too. You know one thing I know jim that uh my book that uh, I did write um adoptingonline.com. You, you made a nice, you wrote a nice chapter for that book, uh, The Legal Aspects, A Handy Guide to Adoption. And that's been really um, well accepted. And there's a lot of information. I know that you're an adopted dad yourself. And you have, um, you know, you're focused your whole entire practice to um, working with families. And I know we feel the same way about adoption. It's all about the child. Um, tell me a little bit about um, you know, what you're seeing right now, a trend as far as adoption in, um, you're seeing more older parents or step-parent adoptions, and, and what type of things are you seeing in your law firm?
0: Well, I mean, we're just, we're seeing a lot lot more adoptions, quite frankly. I, I think that the uh, people are starting to understand that um, this is the way to go, that uh, we're seeing, uh, it's hard to believe that so many people can't have children mm-hmm. and go through uh, the infertility uh, uh, procedures and it's and it's so nice to know uh, as an adoptive parent that this was open for us mm-hmm. um, we're not we, while we still see um, some stories uh, in in the new, the news about adoptions um, if you work with uh, competent adoption professionals mm-hmm. and uh, an attorney that is an adoption attorney that mm-hmm. uh, this is what they do and they're fully familiar of working between different states and mm-hmm. working with different types of, of, of adoptions, be they adult adoptions, step-parent adoptions, um, then, then the adoption will be that much smoother and easier working with lifetime adoptions as, as an adoptive parent. Who went through lifetime adoptions? Um, I can't say enough about lifetime. Uh, now, maybe when my when my daughter becomes a teenager, <laughs> as I always j- joke with Marty, that the, the warranty's not off. Uh, and she's uh, a sweetheart. But uh, no, it's wonderful, and so uh, we're Wait. just we're still seeing every th- all types.
1: Well, you know what? It's interesting because uh, I find that, you know, the stats coming out right now are that three out of five people are touched by adoption. And it never fails. My husband and myself are out um, and we start chatting about adoption. Someone will pull me to a side or him to a side and share a story that they know that they're a birth mom, um, you know, or they're an adoptive mom or their adoptee. Um, or their grandparents raising their children. It's amazing how many people are out there that have really been touched by adoption. And you know, infertility is on the rise. So we're going to see more and more adoption, uh, I think, in the near future. And people are waiting longer to get married, have children. And some people are waiting actually uh, later in life to uh, to have children adopt. So they may even uh, have a family that's grown and they start another family. And people think, oh my goodness, how could I do it? But uh, I see that as a trend that uh, we're seeing more and more families say I've got a lot of love. We're active. We're going to go ahead and, and do a foster adopt, or uh, they're going to adopt um, some a sibling group maybe that needs a, a family. Uh, you know, one question you brought up, uh, Jim, you mentioned uh, adult adoptions. Uh, we're seeing more and more of that. I had a question in the other day that a woman said that my mother wants to adopt my my friend. She has no parents and would like to adopt uh, this woman, and she's you know 18 years old. Is that possible? And what happens during that um, period of time? You know, how does that happen?
0: Well, actually, the adult adoption is really very simple. Uh, I, the the most important thing, and it is a requirement, is there is at least ten years of age difference between the person adopting and the adopt and the person being adopted. Mm-hmm. But uh, uh, it's really very simple. It's it's fairly inexpensive and fairly quick when we're when we're considering it or looking at it compared to um, a non-relative adoption. Mm
1: -hmm. So that does happen, too. You know, another question we have regarding uh, birth fathers. If we have uh, a birth father that uh, basically won't sign, you know, many times we try to educate them that... Uh, they will, you know, be responsible for 18 years of child support, and that doesn't always set well if he's not involved, and you know uh, that makes it really difficult. Now we've got some great birth fathers that are involved, and I want to make sure that everyone knows that that there are birth fathers, but only 25 percent of the birth fathers are involved in the adoption process. So you've got 75 percent that just aren't. You know, um, that's really hard too. I'll tell you what, we are going to um, come back. I know Jim and have some more, but if you have a brief comment um on that um you know are you seeing more and more good birth fathers coming forth
0: yes i am and i'd also like everybody to know that nationwide only about one percent of the adoptions are being contested
1: Mm
0: -hmm. so that's so uh, that's as close to a guarantee as you get Uh, some are easier than others but thank you jim talk to the right people get the right information and it will work for
1: you okay god bless you have a great week this is marty caldwell see you next week
0: Thank you for joining us for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell. For more adoption information, visit lifetimeadoption.com or call 1-800-923-6784. That's 1-800-9-ADOPT-4. And tune in again next week at the same time for Let's Talk Adoption with Marty Caldwell.